Welcome back to another episode of the Excellence Cartel. Today we are joined by the awesome Austin Sue, aka really Austin Stout, but he's filling in for Jeffrey Sue, who is what recovering from. He had like a nose job done. Right? Uh, no, he didn't have a nose job. He had um, deviated septum surgery. I mean, it, it's not a nose job for aesthetics. Like, <laughs> just so he, it's just so he can breathe better. And he said I know. Like, it just sounded funnier to say nose job. No, it did. But I don't. if he listens, I don't want him to get pissed. No, either. he'll text me, fucking asshole. That's all you do is just talk shit. Well, we got Austin Sue standing in who has a very, very nice beard. Um, Austin, how have you been these last seven days? How's your hamstring training going, actually? Oh, it's, uh, it's probably better than Sue's hamstring training, <laughs> but, but no, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually not bad. So the hamstring healed up really fast. So I had PRP done the platelet rich plasma mm. injection. How was it? You, so, so here's the thing is it's pretty, it can be a little painful because it, it basically, um, heightens inflammation, inflammatory response to heal the tissue. Right. But the problem is when you jab all that shit into a muscle that's already inflamed, like I, I was fresh, you know, I was only like a week into the, the injury. So my leg was still swollen and then he jammed, you know, jammed it in four spots. I couldn't walk for like a day. I was like hobbled on it. But after that, I tell you what, like I can do, I haven't pushed it. Like I haven't done like a, you know, like a RDLs or anything like that. But, um, Leg curls. I did some real slow, like leg presses. Um, I can pretty much do it as hard as I want at this point. And that's only seven weeks. Like, I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah. Did you do any BPC or uh, TB? Yeah, both, um, both of them. So, I mean, it was I pretty much through the gauntlet at it. You know, it, how do you do your BPC? Do you do 300 mics a day? Um, yeah, like 250 to 300. Yeah. They say, they say it's like six, six to eight hours. It's kind of out. So they, you know, if you do it twice a day, it's even better. It's just better, so better. tedious. You're like, and it's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive and it's tedious. And like most you're worrying about a million other things and taking all these supplements and shit. You yeah. just hard to remember all of it. Yeah. So, yeah. How's so, yeah, everything else? What's up? How's everything else besides that? Good, man. Just cranking busy like you guys we don't never talk to each other anymore you know because everyone's so busy <laughs> i almost hit you nudes the other day if that makes you feel better you should have you should have just randomly <laughs> just don't no no caption or anything no just, just send you like me in a towel here you go yeah. towel falls down the next photo <laughs> you know because that way it's like oh look looky here there you go buddy there you go <laughs> I'm so right, happy yeah. to see you, though. I was like, you know, when I knew Sue would be out for the, today, I was like, oh, who can we pick? And that's when I was texting you during our podcast last week. No like, brainer. Like, no like brainer. Austin Sue's out. Stout is the man. I'm actually going to introduce you that way at the PEC. Sonia wanted me to call you cholesterol daddy. Should. How should I dress for the PEC this time? <laughs> if you don't beat anyone i will be very depressed by you actually i personally would like to see a zach morrison look do you think you could pull that off give him a little sweater wrapped around the back of his fucking neck yeah. that'd be great maybe ac slater can you go like slater off Dude, I, could do AC, I could definitely do ac slater you want like leather jacket ac slater yeah i think that version is the way better version actually or should i just go like suit tie mm. uh. 
I don't know. If you do suit and tie, that might piss Vince off because Vince always likes to be like the best kind of dressed, I guess. Yeah. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> there you Dude, go. tell you what we should do. We should rent the dumb and dumber tux and go like that yeah, yeah. together. I'll call I'll orange, you call off. baby blue. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm game. I'm game for that. <laughs> it's gonna be a good time. Jason, how's your last seven days been, buddy? You you seem like you're a little bit chipper of a mood. Uh you on the upside of this uh TRT life or non-TRT life? I don't even know what the fuck you're doing. I don't right. know if I'm on the upside yet. I mean, I've got 18 days left. Um makes it sound but- like it's <laughs> <laughs> I've got 18 Dude, days left. I'll tell you what, it is kind of like prep. This this shit is tough. Like, you know, you're a little more depressed. And those HCG, HMG, and Clomid drugs, dude, like they can cause anxiety and I'm prone. So like I'm just like not sleeping great. I'm taking Benadryl to try to get to sleep at night. Like it's not, it's not fun, but everything is restoring, feeling good. And I'm gonna get my cholesterol right. Um, and then when I come off, I'm just gonna go back on HRT is all I'm gonna do. Um, and I'll ride that out for a while. I just wanna get everything situated, be healthy, happy. If I can compete that way, I'll do it. Um, but I, I think my days of running and gunning for it are over. Um, but you know, every athlete comes to that conclusion at some point. And uh, so I'm gonna keep bodybuilding. I just uh, gonna take it at a slower pace um business has been good i've been signing some people um i'm being a little more um picky right now uh because my book is about full um but please keep sending inquiries um i have a full team of coaches uh we've got seven people on staff and uh they can also help your needs so um check us out at scoobyprep.com other than that uh we had our second biggest month of new ethics ever Nice. And that's saying something because Thyroboost was out. Now Metapure's out and Thyroboost is our second biggest seller. So we would have easily crushed uh, new records had that not been out, but we're having trouble sourcing glandulars. People keep asking me, here's the deal. We can get glandulars, but every time we test them, they are weak and we're not putting a weak product out. So we've got our third round of glandulars in from a different source than the one that we've always trusted. We're going to run it. We're going to see how they look. If they meet our standards, Thyroboost will hopefully be back on shelves in eight to 10 weeks. Um, But we got to get those tests and make sure everything's right. In the meantime, we are bringing out Thyroboost Essentials. It has all the the minerals and vitamins you need to support a thyroid, like iodine, vitamin A, things of that nature. But it will not have glandulars, but it will fill in and help those who are on Thyroboost. And now they're wondering, do I have to go on T3, T4? You can use a thyroid boost essentials. We'll have that out soon. So anyways, that's some, some stuff with me going on in the last week. How old are you again? You're 43, right? 43. Yeah. January. So I guess like six weeks out, I shouldn't from Mr. Olympia. I shouldn't like send you some shitty text messages. Like what would Tom Brady do? Tom Brady fucking up that trend all the way to 700 motherfucker full all in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can do it. It won't piss me off. All I, right. Well, maybe I'm, like, not you. I'm not saying I'm not bodybuilding anymore. I'm just, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to be a smart 43 year old is what I'm going to do. Oh yeah. What do you guys think of Tom Brady the other night? Do you guys even watch I'm, Amazing. I mean, yeah. I wanted him to win. I, I did too. I Everyone. Mean, <laughs> there was a time with new England. I cheered against him, but now it's like, yeah, dude, you, you fucking rock it. Kill it, man. That's my whole thing. I yeah. liked it. How he's like, I'll be back here next year. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, what a shit talker. I love him. Um, I really actually enjoyed that game. I enjoyed it because it was nice to actually see him pissed off and fired up, ready to play. Like 
He really yeah. showed up, and I think that translated to that team. That defense was that oh, wild. Man. That caught me by I, surprise. I had no idea that they were going to play that well against Mahomes. I had no, no idea, idea too. They had I've never idea. seen him look that bad in my life. Nah, he was running for his life like every play. Oh, yeah. I was like, poor dude, <laughs> he's yeah. going to be hurting after this game. Like he was, and just- he still almost made shit happen too. It was the crazy shit? He was just flinging balls, and they were going to the right spot. <laughs> if his played- guys would have caught a few of them, I'm like, what the hell, man? Yeah, dude, he plays that game like he plays like Madden. Yeah. Yeah. So my last seven days was good. Business has been great. Uh, we're standing up relentless forever. Everyone comes in, not this weekend, but next week. And we're going to be doing our retreat to film a lot of content and shit like that. So that's really cool. I'm still accepting clients. They are too. Same as Jason and Austin and everyone else. Um, but the coolest thing is this weekend I went away and I smoked DMT. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. No, it was a very, very interesting 15 20 minute ride of my life uh i wouldn't do it again i'll be honest with you was that crazy mm, okay so like how i can explain it the only way it would make sense you know like in star wars star trek movies like you're suddenly sitting there and then like they hit warp speed and it flies yeah, yeah. that's what it was like it was like one man i was there and next was like <laughs> like i was like oh well this is nice you know uh <laughs> so that that was that uh then proceeded you know a little lsd a little shrooms just had a good time um up there in east tennessee beautiful seeing the snow and it was great because no one bothered me and i deleted all my apps off my phone for the most part and just sat there and did absolutely nothing which was really great got a lot where were you at east tennessee i was up there in uh, the johnson city Sevierville, all through that oh, okay smoky mountains yeah. So that was really cool. All right, guys, that's enough bullshit with me. Uh, I have nothing else really cool to say, but other than don't smoke DMT unless you really want to have like a panic moment with yourself. Um, Austin, when you come down here, you're going to let me microdose you some LSD, man? Uh, pretty sure that already happened, right? Yeah, I know, but let's, you know, a little bit more. We got the shrimps too. I'm going to be like, it's going to be a great experience. I don't know about you guys, but I'm looking forward to it. And Nashville has a, like, like they just extended our curfew. We can stay open till midnight now. Yeah. They, so we were actually in Indianapolis last, last weekend, and they have no curfew. I'm hoping for that soon, man. I'm hoping for it soon here. I think it's about to happen yeah. here. <clears throat> yeah, the, curf- the curfew thing is, is literally <laughs> the most ignorant rule that I, I think of all of them. I can, you cannot make any sense of a curfew. Give me an argument for a curfew. Um, so the way it was explained down here in Music City by our our Mayor Cooper, which if you guys see, I have oh, a yeah. sticker of him on my <clears throat> water bottle. Oh, baby. <laughs> um, he remind he's always looking at me. Um, but it was explained that as you drink, you'll be more um loose and not as inclined to keep your mask up around your face. Uh, okay, they thought, that, I guess so. they thought that that is how that would happen. So when Jason, That's a here, okay. yeah, no. When Jason came down here for my birthday back in September, like we, it was the first time I've ever been out downtown Nashville that I had to sit down at a bar. <laughs> and Jason's been down here a lot, and I've taken him to some wild fucking places around here. And oh, yeah. first time we actually just like sat there and was like, "Hmm, all right, this is great." But the <laughs> the the bar we went to that was the hidden bar was the shit though that Alley Cats or whatever, the Speakeasy. Yeah, that was really fun. So. Uh, speaking of all that Nashville stuff, if you guys would like to join us, it is, what is it, guys? It's May 21st, 22nd, Nashville, Tennessee, that Friday, that Saturday. Um, I'm actually thinking if you guys hit me up, I'd like to know. I was talking to them off the air, but I might switch my topic and talk about like a leadership thing I've actually been kicking around for a while. 
you guys are interested in me mixing it up so you guys can come let me know austin what are you going to talk on i know jason moved his to gut stuff did you move yours yet um no still gonna do cholesterol update i was gonna do uh but yeah i will i'm actually probably gonna add to it too yeah um and then the next one i will have some other topics eventually i don't know i mean i can do probably do like some pvd topics at some point too if people want that i don't know if that would be popular or not what kind of topics like some pd topics oh yes yeah no i want to all our people would love to hear about insulin insulina growth hormone and the ice cream before bed like gh15 used to say back in the day yeah dude we can try to we can try to do it but minus the ice cream i mean i suppose you could do ice cream before bed if you really want it. i remember reading that <laughs> shit on the boards back in the day people be doing that. i was like what are y'all doing <laughs> like all right whatever <laughs> that was one of those weird ones that went went through but um that's tickets will be on sale soon you guys have been asking me about it but it'll be at the physique education collective.com we're looking we could fit up to 100 people in my gym so we should be okay on space jason do you want to plug your event that you're speaking at real quick yeah, uh, March 27th, 28th, Elite Physique University uh, with John Gorman. Um, we're down in Tampa. So, you know, in March, you'll get to a, a warm climate. Um, come, we're going to present on three different topics, he and I, and um, a couple of mine are thyroid. And then I go over peaking strategies, back loading, front loading, fat loading, just a bunch of different peaking strategies. So you have them at your disposal. Um, but in any event, yeah, March 27th, 28th, you can go to elitephysiqueuniversity.com and click seminar. And, um, that's where you can buy tickets. Who do you think is the more beautiful host, me or John Gorman? I just plead the fist since I stay out of it. Would you like to comment on my beauty, Austin Sue? Oh, I'll post um, for you right now. You both, you both bring a good dynamic. Like, you know, you both, yeah. You both, uh, so John, it's you have the, more of the hippie, you have the more of the hippie dynamic. John's got his like white trash monster can, you know, dynamic going on that he tries, <laughs> that he tries to go with. <laughs> I love it. I was actually just talking about my beauty because I just was feeling kind of like low self-esteem there and you guys treated me like most men do and just kept my self-esteem low. So thank you very much for, for yeah. that. I, I really appreciate it. Fuck you guys. It yeah. So yeah. let's get. Let's get into today's uh, topic. Today, we decided to go over small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, other known as SIBO. And I honestly think I, you guys can agree with me. This one's become like all the rage, especially like the last two years in the industry. It's been like a hot thing that everyone's talking about and an even hotter thing that more, of our, more and more coaches are encountering. So let's go over a few things real quick. How do you get SIBO? So SIBO commonly results when a circumstance, such as say a surgery or a disease, uh, what basically happens will slow the passage of food and waste products in the digestive tract, creating a breeding ground for bacteria. And then what happens is the excess bacteria often cause diarrhea and may cause weight loss and malnutrition. The root cause of SIBO is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth occurs when there are too much bacteria in the wrong place, i.e. the small intestine. Although bacteria is vital for the functioning of the healthy body, too much bacteria or an imbalance of certain types of bacteria can lead to a variety of health concerns, i.e. SIBO symptoms. Do you guys have anything else you would like to add on to that, to my beautiful no, little there's other, I wrote? 
there's other causes other than just surgery and disease. I mean, yeah, antibiotics you know, and things. Antibiotics. Like that. Um, if you have a really depressed thyroid and now you're not moving food through and it sits, it can ferment. Um, if you lack proper digestive enzymes, um, you know, and, and you're pushing food and it's just constantly sitting, that will cause the fermentation process. Yeah. Um, so it's not, I just don't want the listeners to think it's surgery or disease. Cause if they're like, well, I don't have either. So they'll roll it out. Oh no, no, no. I was just another. So another one that I see sometimes too is uh, low stomach acid chronically. Yeah. yeah you'll see that one a lot. 100%. <laughs> Yeah. And then we all know, we all know how terribly that's treated. If you go to the doctor, you know, your PPIs, all that. So that's a big one. Um, And then the last one that I see all the time that we got to mention is birth control. Birth control. Oh yeah. Cause birth control permanently changes the pH. It changes the pH of the stomach over time with the way it's manipulating hormones. And that I get a lot of women who have been on birth control 10 around that 10 year mark. And now their digestion is just terrible. So um, you know, you can get it in that way too. Even a few years, man. Sure. I mean, I've seen it before where it's been a long-term pill type situation. Oh, yeah. Austin, um, I want to kick this off with you. So what do you do to determine if a client has SIBO? Because I know that there's different ways you could do that. Is is the root in like a consult you do with them? Is it in your paperwork? How do you begin teasing this out? Well, I mean, if it's a really obvious case, you you can almost see it visibly in photos like that side, you know, that side profile, you can see like that lower intestinal, like right below the belly button, the navel area where in women, in women, we got to kind of rule out, is that a pelvic, is there a hormonal issue that's causing like that lower pelvic area to be puffy or is it a digestive issue? But once we can kind of figure that out, um, some of the cases don't even really need to test. Like if we can, if I can see their lower stomach especially just completely blown out and they have, you know, all the symptoms, then I don't really need to do any testing. Now, some of the people will have, will have the full on, will have the full on stomach from top to bottom, you know, rounded because they have a lot of other issues that have probably stemmed from having, you know, SIBO in the first place. Right. So we can test, um, we can do a breath test for it. If that's something that people want to do. Um, I use, sometimes I'll use the one from Life Extension. There's a couple different versions of it. There is the um, glucose version. And then I believe the other one is the galactose version. I could actually look at that for you guys to make Which sure. Which you use more? So I actually use the galactose version more um, just because the glucose version is is the glucose molecules are more isolated to one area where we'll see the galactose a little more spread out so we can get a better picture of it. I know some people will miss it if they just use the glucose test. They might miss it and not see it. So you might want to just stay away from that version if you're going to do the uh, going to do the breath test. But but yeah, I mean, and you guys are probably agree too. Like if it's a pretty obvious case, you could pretty much just see the symptoms and you can, you can literally see it visibly in the gut in terms of where, where the bloating is. And I also look at, um, are there direct links to the GI issue? So is it like, do they eat a meal and have an issue or is it a case where they literally wake up bloated already in the morning? You know what I mean? Bloat them do like anything. 
Like if you're waking up bloated, you haven't eaten anything and you're completely fasted. Yeah. There's a pretty good chance you have a bacterial issue going on. Yeah. But that's not just like food intolerance or low, you know, low stomach acid or something. So um, those are some of the things that I would probably look at right off the bat as like easy, uh, easy indicators. Do you use a questionnaire of any kind that you send out? Or is it just pretty much detailed intake forms and so forth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be like initial questionnaire, but a lot of the people that that have it, they probably suspect they have some kind of issue anyhow. So I'm going to ask, True. I'm going to ask questions right off the bat. I mean, most of the people, most of the people that fill out the consultations are, we're going to know right off the bat if they mm-hmm. have some kind of issue. So I'm going to just dig in a little bit more. Um, and I can also look at, I can also look at uh, ruling out other digestive issues. I think that's the biggest thing is we can get these symptoms, but then we're going to have to investigate a little bit further and figure out, you know, what's causing it. Uh, but yeah, definitely questionnaire, further questions from me, myself. Um, sometimes even, sometimes I'll even backtrack history. So asking things like previous medication use, antibiotics, birth control, like all this stuff. Cause sometimes we, we get the questionnaire and the questionnaire is just kind of here and that. It just shows us like what, what the picture looks like right now, but we might miss, like Jason said, we might've missed 10 years of birth control or, you know, five years of proton pump inhibitor use, or, you know, or they were given antibiotics for eight years during their teenage years to combat acne or something like that. Like we weren't, we might not see any of that stuff if we don't ask about it. Yeah. I actually put in my questionnaire antibiotic use over the last 10 years. And yeah, if you took exactly. it as a teenager, please make, take note, you know, like, just so I have an idea. Jason, what about you? I, I, I saw, I wanted Austin to share his approach and, and yeah. what, you know, I'm sure it's something very similar, but it is very similar. Um, so I have an MSQ, which is a metabolic stress questionnaire and I get clients to fill that out. And there's a whole section on gut and it, you know, it scores from one to five, um, how bad bloating is, how bad diarrhea is, how bad constipation is, how much, how bad stomach pain is. And so, you know, if I see something that's over an eight, I'm concerned. And then I dig in deeper with them. Like, okay, like Austin said, you wake up bloated. Do you bloat just from drinking water? Is it only a specific meal that's giving you diarrhea or, you know, so I try to like pinpoint to see if like we're dealing, like he said, food intolerance or SIBO. Now, I use a Genova stool test. Um, you can get that at Nutrition Dynamic. It's more expensive, but it gives you a really broad range of kind of what's going on. Um, so that's what I use. But I'll honestly, if those ones that Austin uses are cheaper, which they probably are, I might start giving those as options. Um, but I know the Genova stool test, I think is 600 bucks and my clients get a hundred off of it, but it's expensive. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things if a client... Once you to test them, I have no problem testing them. But like Austin said, pictures and then investigating, uh, you can get a pretty good picture whether it's SIBO or not um, and go from there. Sweet. I actually wanted to talk real quick on something <clears throat> before we get too far off topic. Jason, I want to back up real quick. Early on, you had said talking about like a slow thyroid as an example yeah. for for um, <clears throat> uh, having SIBO. Can you elaborate on that? Because I don't know if yeah. all our listeners would be aware of the thyroid gut connection and sure. how it all really links in. Well, I mean, it kind of like rolls back and forth. So it's like, what's the chicken or the egg? Because a lot of your T4 is converted to T3 in the stomach. So it's like, 
did you have SIBO first and that messed up your thyroid? But what I was saying was a sluggish thyroid, let's say you're clinically low, uh, your T3s, you know, clinically low, and you've lived that way for a long time, you're going to notice that your digestion is not as fast. Things sit longer and it takes longer. Sometimes these people don't go to the bathroom daily. Whereas you know, the flip side, if someone's hyperthyroid, you know, one of the things like if I have someone taking a lot of sea salt and iodine and they're crapping five times a day, I'm like, all right, you're hyperthyroid. But when you're hypothyroid, you don't go as often. And so food sits and it has time to ferment. So, you know, that's kind of how it could come about. It would take time. It's not like something instantly. But that is a possibility. And so we look at thyroid and labs um, for sure and want to optimize, um, you know, free T3 and, and get TSH down to 0.5 to, you know, two. And so, you know, it, it's 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 kind of like a, um, a broad, you got to look at both, basically. 100%. Yeah. Austin, Sue, you have anything you want to chime in there? Yeah, that, that was actually a pretty good point. So that's like a motility. You know, we're looking yeah. at the motility issues like – that contractility. And it's funny because I, uh, thyroid would definitely affect that, but a pretty interesting case I've had. And, and I'm seeing more of this because I actually know what I'm looking at now. I'm like, you know, paying more attention to it. But these people with, um, these people that have psychiatric issues, I don't want to, we'll say like, you know, people that have maybe been prescribed anxiety medications or um, any type of antidepressant or anything like that. Um, seeing more of this neurological connection between like the vagus nerve function and also their gut. So that's affecting motility and it's slowing motility down. So like Jason said, they're ending up with this overgrowth of bacteria because food just sits in there and ferments. And um, I, I found, I actually found quite a bit of research, at least several studies and people can just jump on PubMed and probably type in keywords, but talking about um, like IBS and IBD and all these things as neurological issues, as that's the root for the issue, which um, I'm sure you could find a similar connection with, you know, bacterial overgrowth as well, right? So anyone that has a history of any types of medications like that or any type of, you know, psychological um, history that could potentially be an issue with motility, uh, gastroparesis if you ever get those cases they're terrible 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 uh i don't know if jason if you've ever gotten any of those i've had a couple uh -uh. they are really really bad not very common but it's like an actual um neurological motility disorder where they literally don't gastric empty normally and their vagus nerve doesn't function correctly so of course like everything just backs up yeah you know um so any issue like that, anything psychological could potentially be a, could be a cause for sure. All right. So since you guys, you know, we got some topics cause I asked you guys for a few points. I really want to, I think, kick this off a little bit deeper before we go down the, the points. What do you guys think is the number one and number two contributors to what causes SIBO that you guys are seeing? I think we could say what stress, um, maybe some binge eating issues or eat restriction issues. Where do you guys usually see it line out? Uh, do you want me to go? Yeah, you go. I'm making dirty eye contact with you. Okay. <laughs> yes. Number one stress for sure. Okay. Has to be. I mean, I think without a doubt, everyone would agree that 
98% of the issues that we see hormonally and GI wise are all have a stress component, right? Of some, like at least to some extent. So, and we could pretty much link back to when we see these things occur and like the populations that we see them occur in, um, especially like in our, let's say like our bodybuilding population where they're perfectly, you know, they might be normal. And then all of a sudden they go through periods of dieting or, you know, contest prep or like harsh fat loss or whatever, or stress or overtrain or whatever it is. And then they all of a sudden like pop up with all these gastrointestinal issues. So that's probably one, at least that I see another one may be, another one's probably honestly going to be medication, antibiotic use is probably, or birth control. I could lump into that as probably one of the more common, like chronic ones that we'll see that kind of manifests over. Jason used that example of 10 years. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, cause these girls are getting prescribed birth control at what? Four, 14 years old, 16, 30, yeah. yeah, whatever. Right. So, and the same with antibiotics, right? The doctors are putting them on these antibiotics for acne and, and things like that. And, and we're talking, and these aren't the antibiotics that we're talking about for SIBO. These are like our broad spectrum antibiotics that are just destroying everything, you know? So that's probably, I would say those are probably two, two of the most common. Jason, you want to follow up, follow up on any of that? Well, I mean, I think he, he's right. So, I mean, I don't have anything to add. I mean, stress is major cause player, whether the stress <laughs> affected the thyroid, whether the stress, you know, caused you to produce less hydrochloric, um, and in your stomach, all those different things. Yeah. Um, I, I think stress and, you know, when we say stress, uh, a lot of times with the clients we see it's, it was a prep or like, you know, I think Austin even clarified that. So it doesn't have to just be stress of life. Like it could be the stress of your training, not deloading enough, pushing too many preps together, staying lean too long. All those things are stress. Um, he mentioned antibiotics and he, then he followed up with birth control. So really, honestly, I think those are, if we're going to call it the top three that I, that I see as well. Yeah, <clears throat> I work with a lot of gym pop, as you guys know, <clears throat> and what I'll see is the stress manifests itself in form of schedule, inability to balance like their work life, circadian rhythms that are just god awful, like just all over the place. Stress manifesting that way, and then alcohol, <clears throat> a lot of alcohol con consumption um, is usually where I'll see a lot of the gut health issues kind of link up and go from there. Uh, in the gym pop side, I was going to discuss the low enzymes, but we kind of cleared that out talking about the stress. You guys did a good job on that one. Um, I want to get into antibiotics and SIBO. Jason, <clears throat> how bad do you cringe when you see a client who's been on antibiotics for five years for acne? Yeah, I mean, it's it's terrible. <laughs> um, and, you know, we do see it. Um, I don't know if I've seen quite five years, but I've seen long bouts um you know eight months a year two years um and so i mean a lot of times they're just clearing out the gut over time like because they're just gonna eradicate pretty much everything um so and then when that happens you know the the, the opportunistic bugs seem to proliferate a little faster than uh, the good ones so yeah i mean that's definitely a cringeworthy thing um and, and if they come to me with gut problems and tell me that they've had that, you know, antibiotic history, then I, I kind of pretty much know what's going on. 
Yeah, antibiotics pretty much carpet bombs. They just destroy everything up in that baby. You know, good and bad, yeah. just clean it out. Austin, do you have anything you want to chime in on that? No, <clears throat> uh, not really. I mean, I guess you could think the antibiotics clear out more than the gut too, because we have those that flora like on the skin level, and you know, we have bacteria in other places in the body too. So, I mean, dude, you could have you could have all kinds of problems from chronic antibiotic use that you wouldn't even think, right? It's not just gut. It could be anywhere on the body. Like just even that like inflamed, like puffy inflamed skin look. Right. So yeah, they're, they're nasty. Um, and of course <laughs> it's funny because of course what tends to happen is maybe it doesn't work initially because of course they aren't really addressing the root by giving them antibiotics. So what do they do? They give them a stronger, antibiotic yeah and, they do right so you get some of these like really strong systemic antibiotics and they're really nasty yeah i agree i've seen that before or what you'll see is girl be on birth control and then have an issue and then they'll put them on antibiotics on top of the birth control and it's just like creating just an awful nightmare uh it just never goes away um, I actually did want to talk to you guys about that real quick because Jason earlier when he was adding on to stuff because my you know expand out the thought of SIBO, he talked about birth control and its role in SIBO. Now, a lot of the stuff that's showing now is birth control, you know, re what reprograms gut health bacteria in terms of it actually adjusts the gut microbiome. Austin, I know you've posted some stuff about that before. You want to take a little bit of a dive and I'll turn it over to you, Jason, to clean it up. So Oh, so you mean as far as what that hormonal shift does? Yeah, because, you know, it's well known that birth control causes gut health issues. It causes an imbalance. You have the estrobolome. You got all that great stuff going on. Yeah, so there, well, there's, I think it's probably multifactorial. I think it's probably the change in the actual, like, composition of the estrogens that we have. And then also um, look at the progesterone bit because, yes, a lot of the birth controls, if they're taking a combo birth control, will have like a progestin, but it's not necessarily mm -hmm. acting like progesterone, like our body, you know, Correct. so, and progesterone in and of itself actually helps with gut motility and, um, in the right, in the right balance. So, I mean, like the hormones, so not only do we have issues with hormone metabolism, then we have issues with the motility. Um, and I think that those two things combined are really where we end up with end up with the biggest issue because now we've literally changed the bacteria composition and we've also slowed the gut down. You slow the gut down, stuff's going to inevitably sit in that, you know, lower GI tract. Well, it's going to sit in the stomach, but it's going to sit in the lower GI tract. And that's really where it like ferments and gets really nasty and causes that overgrowth that paints like a really good image. Like think of that shit, literally shit, just like, you know, like this stuff just sitting in there and fermenting for who knows how long. Where the uh, bad gas comes from, too. Oh, dude, I I have uh, I had a girl right now that I'm working with on a case, and she she's like starting to get her digestion to move now, right? She's having stools and stuff. She's like, it smells so fucking <laughs> bad. Like, yeah, we're we're like pushing all this stuff we're out, pushing like, toxins out, baby. Who knows how long? Yeah, you know, so. uh so yeah, and you start, and I mean, and you're also collecting a lot of other things in there. So you're collecting like toxins and heavy metals and like all this shit that's not, that's basically not being 
um, you know, excreted. So yeah, it's kind of a compounding issue for sure. Thank you for that. No, that was really informative. Jason, you got anything you want to add to that, all that information? I don't know if there's anything else that I really need to add, but I mean, I'll just say a few things in different ways, maybe. Um, so, you know, when I look at labs and you know, someone's been on birth control a while, they almost always come back estrogen dominant. So their progesterone is tanked. Um, like Austin said, progestin doesn't do the same. It seems to turn off the production, but it doesn't really provide any support of the negative feedback loop. So now you've got low progesterone. And when that ratio of estradiol to progesterone gets off, then you've got estrogen dominance. And it seems to be that estrogen dominance over a long period of time that changes the pH. Now, Austin's also right. Um, birth control doesn't just affect you know, estrogen dominance, uh, it lowers testosterone, which then can affect thyroid. I mean, there's a lot at play. So, you know, now you've got a sluggish thyroid. I see a lot of sluggish thyroids too with birth, long-term birth control. So there's a few things going on there that um, can kind of trigger off SIBO, but um, yeah, that's just my two cents. Beautiful. All right, guys, now that we've kind of covered a little bit of that, I want to get into before I get into like, you know, dietary considerations and all that. Are there any other considerations that may go along with SIBO? Austin, this was you. You had thrown that in the email, and I was like, oh, that's a juicy one. I'm interested to hear what kind of juice the Austin Sue has. Oh, I think I'm trying to think of what I meant by that. I think I think what I meant you was- You asshole, now you made me sound like a dipshit <laughs> yeah. on the fucking dick. I think, I think what I was alluding to was like making sure that you- um, that you're actually fixing the root causes of things because of reoccurrence issues. Uh, and I think Jason had mentioned that too, uh, reoccurrence and why, why this might reoccur. And there's some other reasons for that too. I know Jason mentioned biofilms, which is another one, but, but yeah, making sure that you're not just clearing out the gut, replenishing the gut and doing all that, but you're actually making sure that you address the root issue. So whether that's, the obvious ones like the birth control and antibiotics and things like that are pretty, are pretty obvious, but maybe less obvious ones like low acid and things like that. We may mm -hmm. just see, you know, we may see a SIBO issue, but we may not realize that they have low acid because not everyone with low acid has acid reflux. Like they might, you know what I mean? So, you know, we might miss things like that or might be a little more difficult. So we have to make sure that we are fixing the root issues. Leaky gut issues are common. You know, so, uh, yeah, make sure that we're doing that and obviously addressing the root cause. Cause there's, there's a million and one people online talking about SIBO protocols, but I rarely see any of them talk about the, all the reasons that you might have it and actually fixing those things first and not just running them through a, you know, antimicrobial protocol, right? You can't just do that cause it's just going to reoccur. How often do you think, since you said leaky gut, how often do you think these million and one coaches misdiagnose leaky gut and SIBO and confuse them back and forth, leading to frustration on the client consumer end? Yeah, I mean, uh, statistically, I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure, I'm sure it definitely happens. I think there's the thing, I mean, GI stuff, there's so much overlap in symptoms between a lot of different you know, things, right? There can be. So it's taught like you need to know what you're looking at and you also need to you also need to be patient and not try to do too much at once. You know what I mean? Like just run through step-by-step, step. but I would say yes, because there are symptoms that can overlap, especially when you get into like, cause leaky gut, for example, when 
those toxins and that inflammation goes systemic. People can have uh, like skin issues, for example, right? So, well, you can also have leaky gut and SIBO at the same time. And now you've got all this bacteria basically coming up into the stomach, leaking out through intestinal walls and, and all that. So, um, yeah, maybe I'm sure there's probably a pretty large number of them that misdiagnose um, leaky gut and SIBO or confuse the two for sure. I would think. I agree. Jason, you have anything you want to chime in there or you want me to start breaking this bad boy out? Um, I think, I think he covered it. I don't think there's anything else to chew on there. Beautiful. All right, guys. So now we have mistakes made trying to treat Cybo. Perfect segue in Austin after you discussing that and you seeing a lot of different ways of being treated and, and going through it. So um, what are some of the mistakes you see that people are trying to do when they're treating Cybo? Mm-hmm. Um, so treatment mistakes, there's some supplementation treatment mistakes. Probiotics would be a big one. I know Jason will talk of, I know he mentioned some probiotic stuff, so we can, but there's like some broad things that we can say about don't, we don't want to feed. We don't want to feed the bacteria that we're trying to kill. So that's, you know, we got to remember that, right. We're trying to basically kill off this overgrowth of bacteria so if we're feeding it constantly with like, I had mentioned nutritional considerations, high FODMAP foods or a lot of fermentation of their gut or certain probiotics that might, or prebiotics, especially that might ferment, then we got to be careful doing that. Um, I guess prebiotics would probably be more appropriate than probiotic because we're looking at fermentation. Um, you're at that point, you're basically just feeding bacteria. Yeah. You're probably killing it with whatever you know, antimicrobial supplements that you're taking, but at the same time, you're just kind of like running yourself in a circle. Um, You have to make some dietary changes for a lot of these people, unless I will say that I will say, unless they're not eating those things in the first place, there are people that have SIBO that aren't eating like high FODMAP diets or junk or anything. So you probably don't need to do as much for them. Um, Like our competitors and stuff that are getting it because there's high stress and they're, you know, or like birth control issues and stuff, we might not need to like completely strip down their diet because they're already eating, you know, pretty low FODMAP, less fermentation, but you, you have to make sure that you do those things. Um, And that's another thing online that a lot of these protocols lack is they're like, here's your eight to 12 week supplement protocol, then take this and this and this. And they are, all these people are like slamming, they're like, oh yeah, kimchi is good for my gut. Or, you know, or they're like, Mm -hmm you know, prebiotics are good for my gut and they're out there like shoveling this shit down and just like, and just feeding it up and swelling up. Yeah. Yeah. So. I hundred percent agree. I'll see it be like, yeah, it's healthy. I'm like, oh, you don't want to do that. If you don't really know, it's going to make that issue worse. Um, Jason, everything you want to chime in on that? Yeah. I mean, I agree. Like, so for me, I go low FODMAP um, to start. And then I think one of the mistakes practitioner may make is they don't put the FODMAPs back in. So after eight weeks and things are starting to clear up and I've been feeding them up, they're tolerating carbs. Um, I put the FODMAPs back in. So I start with like maybe blackberries and then the next week asparagus. And then I make sure that I'm getting those back in because we want to feed the good bugs now. And usually it rats around the time that I hit them with a full spectrum probiotic. I don't put it in first, like Austin was talking about at that eight week mark when they're feeling better, I'll hit them with a, with a, with a good 
full spectrum. New Ethics has one called Flora Protect. I use that. And then uh, then I throw in the prebiotics. I use our gourmet greens because it has prebiotics. So now we start feeding that as we've killed it. But there's about an eight week die off period. Another mistake I see people make is they don't leave in any antimicrobials in low doses. SIBO has a basically about a 50% chance of coming back, especially if you don't use a biofilm um, buster. But um, so I sometimes leave like two caps of GDA uh, of our, I'm sorry, two caps of our gut defender, which is the antimicrobial product and liver cleanser. Um, I'll leave a couple of those in after the full protocol um, to kind of prevent that, that those, those bad bugs from, from proliferating again, as I'm feeding the, um, the good ones. Um, a lot of times you have to recreate gut linings. So, you know, like there might be a leaky gut issue with it. So, um, you know, you can use glutamine, you can use, um, zinc carnosine, you can use GI replenish by Metagenics, but you got to get that gut lining rebuilt too, or else if they stay leaky, um, it's gonna, it's gonna come back too. Um, so there's a lot of things I see that could go wrong. Um, those are just a few. My next point was dietary considerations of which I had a sub little part for low FODMAP and discussing putting FODMAPs back in, which you kind of oh, did. Do you want to la- Yeah. You just shot over, but it's cool. You blew your load a little early. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Clean you up. We'll get you ready again. <laughs> would you like to, would you like to add anything to low FODMAPs? Like uh, Austin, would you like to anything in regards to that? Like, you know, you wrote dietary considerations. The next one I have is what you talked about, the elemental diet. But why we were here were dietary considerations. I didn't know if there was anything else you guys wanted to, to say, because I do like Jason. I'm the low FODMAP for eight weeks, sometimes up to 12, begin adding it in slowly afterwards, like Jason was talking about. And I do leave the gut defender in. I was doing, I think, two caps a day or something like that. But I might bump that up. But I also do leave my gym pop people with berberine which does help that does help too so so i use that one as well but i didn't know if you had anything you wanted to chime in on this point austin uh no i think jason's point about making sure you because a low fodmap diet's not should not be like a permanent diet to stay on so because that's also hot right now take do low fodmap it'll fix all your problems you know so just make sure Make sure you actually know what what the purpose is and and add those FODMAPs back in, like you said. And and Jason Jason mentioned slowly, like he's talking about one one two foods at a time. Yes, right. So um, we just need to make sure we add back in slow, and we don't we're feeding back up because we have a gut that's completely wiped out now. So we have to we have to replenish it, right? Definitely, I like that one. Oh, one second. I can't hear you guys. I don't know what happened. Can you guys hear me at all? Okay. I can't hear you guys. So that sucks. All right. Say something. No. Can you hear me now? I wonder what the heck. Zoom does some weird shit sometimes, man. It's great when it works, but I don't know. I have no idea. It's got to be something on his end. Yeah, it's me. I'm back. We can hear you. You can? 
Yeah, I couldn't hear you guys though. Yeah, I know. Bullshit. We know. We got you. All right. All right. All right. Well, well, sorry guys, the listeners out there, but it wasn't too long. <laughs> I don't, yeah, and, uh, technical difficulty. All right. So I'm sorry. You guys finish out what you needed to finish out. That's why I was like, keep rolling it until I could clue back in. I think we did. All right. Yeah. You give me a little testy attitude there, Gramps. I will be all angry with you right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Austin, this was another one of yours. You had non-medication. Your microphone's not on. No, that's better. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to edit the shit out of this, I guess. Um, all right. So, Austin, you had non-medication, supplemental treat, supplementation treatment, and an elemental diet. Those were like your three. Like, I even wrote like slashes across it because I was like, damn, you wrote a lot in the sentence. <laughs> How do you uh, apart? You want to talk about the non-medication? Yeah, that's... Well... If I think if we're talking about non-medication treatments, we can probably just talk about like, what the heck are we actually going to use for, you know, treating it, I think would be maybe the next step. So, um, and we, if we're specifically talking about non-medication, then a couple different things, antimicrobials are going to be the main, you know, the main supplementation here, right? You, there's a couple options. You can use uh, products that have, multiple ingredients in them. Um, like Biotics Research makes a couple of them that are kind of combination products. You can use singular products. It kind of, it's kind of up to the person. I would say the two, two ways this differentiates is um, what type of SIBO do you have? If you can differentiate between the two, because there is going to be a hydrogen form and the methane form I know some people don't really treat them any different, which I think the kill-offs going to be pretty similar between the two. I don't know if you guys do anything different between the two. I don't even know if the GI map actually shows the difference, uh, but but I'll typically go, I'll be honest, I do a lot of single ingredient for products unless I'm, unless someone doesn't want to buy single ingredients or they or we have products available, but I'll do like certain garlic extract, which I can give you the guys the link to that. Um, I, I like neem oil. I like berberine. I like oregano. Um, those are going to be on olive leaf. And so those are kind of the main ones that I like to use. Um, and then, like I said, the biotics research, I'm trying to think of the name of the damn product. I have it all on my computer. Jason, you know, yeah. And then what's the other one? There's two of them. Uh, Dysbioside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So those are the two, those are the two that I would normally use for if we're going to do combination products, or like I said, we can do, uh, we can do single ingredient products also, but do you guys, do you treat them any different between the two types or do you pretty much just go at it with the protocol? You mean a constipation or diarrhea types? Right. Uh, I do have differences, but in terms of like, so mine's broken down into the antimicrobials, you got to have the liver support for bug die off digestion, probiotics and biofilm removal. Like those are how yeah. I break it down. And so for my antimicrobials, obviously I use new ethics. We built gut defender for this. So that's what I use. I don't use FC Cidal and those anymore. I use gut defender. Yeah, um, and then at, that has liver support in it. So I, I don't have to use AdvaClear anymore, which I used to do. 
And then digestion is here's where it changes. So if someone is really, really constipated, I use a product called Beta Plus. And the thing is, you gotta understand when you have SIBO, your, your bile salts are depleted or used up by the bad bugs. So that if you're not adding bile and some sort of bile salt, you're not going to get the digestion cranking again. So beta plus um, or beta TCP, beta TCP if they're not really constipated, um, beta plus if they're really constipated. And then probiotics, I do add um, Saccharomyces boulardii because it's really good for diarrhea. So if someone has diarrhea, I use that. And it's also resistant to uh, being killed off by antibiotics and antimicrobials. If they're constipation dominant, I use Microbiome Labs HU58. That was Microbiome Labs HU58. And then for the biofilm removal, we created one ourselves at New Ethics, Biofilm Resolve. So I'm plugging that in and then I go into maintenance. Um, and I kind of already gave like what I do in maintenance. You know, you got you to get the probiotics back in. You got to make sure the gut lining is healthy. You've got to feed the probiotics. Um, I use gourmet greens for that. So uh, it's kind of a step-by-step -step procedure, but that's kind of how mine follows. Yeah, and you also recommend the Flora Protect because it's got Saccharomyces boulardii in it. It which does. Which is resistant to antimicrobials and um, antibiotics as well from killing them, correct? Yeah, right. And I usually put Flora Protect in towards the end. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times, if like someone has bad diarrhea, I just go all Saccharomyces boulardii. It really helps. What brand, what brand do you use? Um, do you guys make that? Because I use Jaro normally. I, I, we don't make it on a standalone. I was using Biotics Research. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jason, you talked about Gut Defender. I guess from over time, because, you know, I learned the cyber part of gut health from you. Um, you basically created this product because you saw a need for it in the market space. Yeah. Um, is there, how would one dose it since I have your attention Yeah, working yep. a SIBO case? Yep. So if here's the deal, if it's really bad, I mean, they're bloated from the time they get up to the time nighttime stops, I'm going to go two caps five times a day. If they're mildly bloated, you know, it's not like you, you maybe don't even see it in pictures or just telling you they have it. The MSQ scores may be an eight. It's not being rocked at 15. I would go like two caps three times a day. So it's somewhere in that ballpark. And you're supposed to take that with meals. Uh, the biofilm resolve is 20 minutes uh, prior to meals, two caps, two times a day to start. And then you can bump that if you need to as well. But that's kind of where we where we land with the gut defender. Here's a question too, since we're talking about supplements and, and uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I pretty much go biofilm products in every case now. Yeah. And you, uh, have you should. Say, yeah. yeah. You should. Yeah. You, yeah. We can, uh, you want to explain why? Well, yeah. I mean, because you'll see different, you'll see different protocols online where they say only to use it on certain cases, like more stubborn cases. But I think as a preventative thing, I just use it on all of them because yep. um, you're going to have a lot lower rate of reoccurrence if you go ahead and just use, like if you go ahead and break up biofilms from the first place. I would say, um, if anything, probably a lot of your reoccurrence is from two things, either not treating the root cause like we talked about, and then also not breaking up biofilms. That's probably the two main things that cause uh, reoccurrence most of the time. Um, 
when it comes to biofilms so that our listeners understand what they are, it, any infection or where there's bacteria, they're going to clump together and try to basically build a home and save themselves from, you know, being harmed. And it's a big slime ball basically. Um, and it can attach itself to the intestinal walls. And then because it's got that protective film over it, the antimicrobials can't get into them. So you kill, you end up killing all the bugs that are circulating that haven't found a home within a biofilm, but you don't get into the biofilm. So when you use a biofilm um, disruptor, like we have biofilm resolve, you're breaking that down so that the antimicro antimicrobials can get into them. So that's just so, I just want the listeners to understand like why and the what of it. Yeah, good thing you did that because I actually had a note to follow up with you back on what uh, biofilms was because we didn't really uh, break that out. Austin, do you have a, I have a question? You said you pretty much throw that in every case. Are you doing that even on leaky gut where it's borderline or is it just strictly kind of like anything that remotely res resembles a cybo case you're throwing the biofilm at? Most of the time anymore I do just because okay. I don't really see much harm in doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so, cause we can, cause for, even for leaky gut, um, we can have biofilms in different places, not just like in the, you know, in the small intestine. So the concept of it's still the same, right? Uh, the concepts are going to be the same regardless. Uh, you're going to have, you know, we're talking about SIBOs where it's located, but you're going to have gut dysbiosis and bacterial overgrowth in the stomach too, right? I mean, you can have those issues. So it's not really going to be much different. I pretty much... Unless it's, you know, unless it's something simple like a food intolerance or something real easy that I can see, I can like blatantly see the cause for and we can fix it pretty easy. Um, if it's something chronic where they've had it for like years and they're like, hey, I've been bloated and constipated for like the last five years. We're going to just, yeah, we're going to throw it right in there right off the rip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a cool little hack. I appreciate that because sometimes I'm like, I got to the point where I will throw gut defender like depending upon if i'm like mm, i don't really know but i'm like fuck it it can't hurt so if anything i'll just go ahead and and deploy it and it usually cleans people up pretty quick yeah yeah like yeah. biofilm is by bio, our biofilm resolve jeff is what you'll want to hit biofilm yeah. i'm gonna put that in now that also said that that was a really good point um like little go ahead what i you know what it is with in gym pop you don't see i want to say by and large, I have like two cybo cases, but both of them are girls who've been through either coming off birth control long, you know, forever in a day. One was like 20 years and another one's had like five surgeries in the course of a year. So those are like the two cases of cybo. But you have a lot of gym pop people that kind of will illustrate that they have cybo symptoms, but not completely enough for me to be like, oh, so I've been treating them a little bit heavier just to see and the ones I've added more stuff to. Because let's be honest, this stuff gets very expensive. You yeah. know, when you guys start, you know, adding in all the process products, because you're talking about yeah. gut defender biofilms, you're talking about leaky gut protocol, you're talking about the right. food changes and, and you know, potentially yeah. your poop test, your blood it, work. It's not cheap to heal. Yeah, uh, it's no, not. it's not. And, and the fact that it, it can come back a lot is even more disheartening. And that's like when you have to tell clients up front, like, hey, you know, this could still come back, but you gotta you gotta crush this tooth and nail, you know, top to bottom. One of the things for sure it's coming back. I see people do that screws them up, or at least screwed up a couple of my people and had a relapse. They go right back to alcohol right away. Like we're at like yes. and they're and then and then they're like, 
oh, I had like eight drinks last night and then my guts messed <laughs> up. And then right. you're, you're like, are you serious? Like we cut alcohol and you immediately got done and feel better. And now you're drink, you're pounding booze. Um, it seems to really be a problem. So like if you're out there and you're going to run one of these protocols, like just stay off the booze for a while. Like once you get it to the point where you're not bloated and feeling like shit again, don't go back to like your same habits. Just, just chill for a bit. And you, you are not going to not be able to drink booze, but you don't want to put it in right at week 10 uh, because you're done with the protocol and you're into maintenance and you think you're good to go. I agree with you hundred percent alcohol with majority of gym pop people I, I work with is the number one in, like problem that I have to constantly like, like talk to my clients about. Um, we have any other supplements that we want to mention? Cause Austin, you brought up the elemental diet and you've discussed stuff with like copper and, and all that different shit. So I wanted to give you the floor to, to wrap that part of this out, but is there any other supplements? Cause I can't think of anything. I think we've covered the low enzyme. We talked about the liver, we talked about the biofilm. We talked about, you know, healing and replacing the gut uh, yeah. lining, um, stress management, which of course we've talked enough about that, but core to ease and, and breath work and establishing a normal circadian rhythm with Rizlax, Lipsomble are some things you could do. Um, but I can't think of any other supplements we really need to add. No. No. Uh, plug though for Gut Defender. I actually use it. So I actually use it some on my males that have to eat a shitload of food yeah. to grow because you, if you're eating 800 grams of carbs a day, you have fermentation, better believe yes. it. Yep. You know what I mean? So like, um, cause I'll use it for myself when my food gets really high and it literally, um, because it's essentially we're kind of mimicking that bacterial overgrowth environment just by eating like a ridiculous food. amount of food, which, you know, is glucose, right? You know, so that's another, that could be another good use for it. Cause you could, you could ask absolutely probably get SIBO from just eating oh, a yeah. shitload of calories well, for sure. No not, doubt. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Even if you're normally processed 4,000. Okay. If you get up into like the sevens. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, I've used that the similar ways actually. So it's kind of cool. We've never discussed that, but I, I do it too. Yeah. Works good. Yeah. Sweet. Um, are you using that with Felix? Yeah, he trains in my gym. Uh, Felix, Felix eats less than me, dude. Yeah, I know. He's a bikini girl. He's already trying to get me to convince you to let him compete after he maxed out my whole hack squat today for like 15 reps. Dude, have you seen Felix, Jason? I feel <laughs> like I big, did. I feel like he came big in. Fucking boy. No, yeah, he's, I, um, he's I a large guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like, when we finished his face, he was like three, 304 with full abs. Yep. Yep. Like not fat, like no, pretty decent fat. shape. <laughs> He's probably like 14, 15% body fat, but he was pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty cleaned up. Yeah. Not bad. I told him to push yeah. some things, Austin. So if he hits you up, that's where it came from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause I talk shit to him. I'm like, you're still small bitch. Every time I see him. Um, yeah. He's, I, he says that every week. He's like, I'm uh, so small. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, you know, people, someone at the gym asked him if he was like 180 pounds. or so Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what a fucking, I was like, see, that's why I like my gym because it's it's a really rough environment. You know what I mean? Jason could walk in, they'd be like, that's a nice fucking physique for last place at some pro show. You know, just talking shit or something because people just don't know any better. What'd you get? Like 10th? You know, just because they don't know any better. Um, but do you want to finish up the elemental diet? Since I got a little sidetracked there, teasing. Yeah, sure. Um, 
So this isn't one that I use a lot, but essentially what the elemental diet is, is it's like, it's supposed to mimic like a pre-digested form of, you know, macro and micronutrition. So you're eating, you're getting your calories, you're getting all your vitamins and minerals and that. Um, the biggest, uh, the biggest company that you're probably going to see, I believe it's integrative therapies or like physicians, elemental diets. The one that you'd see a lot, it's in powder form. It's very expensive. So it's like really expensive to get any type of quantity of. Um, but the idea is that it's pre-digested, so it doesn't require as much bacteria or it's not going to ferment and, you know, you're not going to have any of those issues. So you can essentially like kill off, um, kill off the bacteria because you're not feeding them at all. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it can definitely work. Like it can work. I, I don't use it that much unless it's someone that's had a reoccurring case that we can't seem to, you know, that we can't seem to get rid of. And we'll go like full elemental diet plus kill off. So we're, we really starving everything as much as possible. Um, you will see online, if you look around for SIBO protocols, you will see some people that recommend it as like a first line defense. I don't really use it that way as a first line defense, but it could be, it could potentially be used like, especially for people that have maybe more mild cases and they aren't going to use the other supplementation. They could possibly use that. Uh, so you can go elemental. And again, again, the, the premise is just that you're not feeding the bacteria because the food doesn't require that, right? Because it's in a pre-digested form. So yeah, physicians, uh, physicians, elemental diet. It's like I said, it's pretty expensive to get. I mean, we're talking the the containers have like not very many servings, like 50 to a hundred dollars, depending on, you know, depending on what you're getting. Uh, and you'll blow through you'll blow through it pretty quick. Another limiting factor would obviously be like most of the people that we're treating, we're still trying to keep in some kind of like macronutrient set diet. Correct. So that could be limiting, but it is a, it's definitely a possibility, especially maybe for gen pop people or people that have really tough cases. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. I'd read up on a little bit of it, but it just never seemed with what, with the clientele I have to ever be like a viable, viable option of sustainability due to the financial cost of everything involved. Yeah. And it's in like, it's hard because you're going to have a hard time telling people, Hey, you're going to drink this powder and that's all you're going to have to eat. Uh, yeah, no, not for me. <laughs> not for me at all. I remember the myoplex days. Those things were great, but nothing tastes as great as that. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what, though? You could sell me on an all-liquid diet right now, for sure. I'd be all right with that. I remember watching <laughs> you still eat. I tell horror stories about that. I'm like, there's nothing like watching, watching Austin order two burritos with double steak, and then him sit there and, like, just, oh, <laughs> miserable, <laughs> trying to get the second one down. I'm like, that, that looked like a hard experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I have a question for you, since we are uh, – you guys got nothing else. I feel like we covered Cybo. Yeah. Top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I feel like it was I feel like it was a stud one. How does it feel to be on this podcast in Sue's seat, knowing that you beat Sue at Junior SAs? Are you looking forward <laughs> to the head? Are you looking forward to the head-to-head where yeah. he gets redemption? Because you know what? I put I put my money on Brady. I'm gonna put my money on Jeffrey Sue. That Jeffrey Sue comes out of nowhere, Austin, and guns <laughs> for you and guns out of you, like fucking like. Ivan Drago shit. He's going to go Rocky over there in Russia 
and he is going to like train in the cold and come back for vengeance. Well, he's going to have to fucking really step it up because I my barn's like 12 degrees right now. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> it looks like he's already Ivan Drago in the in the yeah. Yeah, you're already Rocky now. All right. Yeah, you're already Rocky now, I mean. All right. So well, I have to think of a cuter, cuter thing then for Sue. Cool. But uh, but when is are you going to try to grow to heavyweight so you don't have to worry about the competition with Jeffrey Sue, or are you going to get yeah, see, <laughs> stay light? I'm running. I'm running. I'm running I, away. I would. I would. I agree. I don't know. You know what? Like I haven't even I haven't even thought about competing yet because of all the damn the you know the, the shows moving around and stuff, and I've been I so agree. busy. I've just been uh, trying to make trying to make progress. I'm doing got one little push going right now just trying to i add a few more pounds basically to my you know a little bit more lean body mass every time i go up it's always easy when you get done with a competition like you get a nice little rebound and all that but like putting on muscle late in an off season's tough like that's not an easy thing to do you know what i mean so uh but we'll see maybe next maybe the end of this year next year i think like i'm holding i'm holding about 242 pounds right now not very difficult like at like 5500 calories so that's not bad for me and uh and my weight's still moving up so i can probably hit 250 or so easier this time than i did previously which is kind of you know it's kind of the point but even at 250 i'll be like fucking 205 210 on stage by the time it's you know by the time it's all said and done so how threatened are you knowing that I am five, one and a half and holding 185 at 2,700 calories? You feel threatened, don't you? That might climb up into feel, that light heavy against you. Whew. I don't feel threatened. I feel jealous. <laughs> is what I, feel. I would, I would do really terrible things to eat 2,700 calories. Like I would unspeakable things. And everyone else who's listening to this, just That's so they remember this because you're like me. We can eat a lot or up there when it comes off season, but when it comes to get shredded, 12, 13, 1400 calories is what it's at, man. Yeah, dude, I'm, I was, uh, did a little mini cut recently. I mean, I was down to like 2800 calories and I was just like losing weight slowly. <laughs> That's miserable. Oh. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> what is, yeah. how does this happen? Couldn't do it. Well, man, thank you so much for standing in for Jeff, Sue. Yeah. I missed him, but I will say that you were a great replacement because you know old Jason and I, and you flow real well with our our little group we have. We need to bring you on for an episode. I'll have to get on you on the yeah. back channel and find out something you want to talk about. We need to do a training episode. Like, have that's what we have not touched. Thing? Yeah, you've been have on I it before. We talked about it. Yeah, you've been on it. God, you think I do a lot of drugs. Even I remember you've been on this. I don't remember. <laughs> you've been on it. Yeah. yeah. You were on it. We talked about adrenals and everyone liked it. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, proof that marijuana use does not kill your brain cells because I know Austin doesn't smoke near as much as me, if at all. And Austin even forgot he was on our podcast. Feelings are slightly hurt today. No Valentine gift for you. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, next week we have Matt Park from Trainer Revenue Multiplier. He actually is my business coach, and he will be joining us next week to talk about system setup, pipeline pro, and some marketing stuff. You guys will love Matt. Um, Austin, Sue, thank you so much for, for joining us and being a good sport today. As always, we appreciate it. And 
we'll have you back on, but I know for sure we see you the 21st, 22nd here in Nashville. Yep, for sure. Awesome. Well, you guys have yourself a great day. And remember, I love you all and happy Valentine's Day. Bye. Bye. Bye.